You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back to Real Presence Live. We are grateful that you're with us this morning. I'm Brad Gray. And I'm Janine Pitson. And it's, uh, it's just been a great start to the show. We had a really awesome conversation with Tammy Costa about the event that they had the information night at the uh, Roncalli Primary School in Aberdeen. Uh, and now we're going to move, we're going to shift gears a little bit and have a great, fascinating conversation with Devin Shatt uh, about the upcoming Made for Greatness uh, Men's Winter Retreat that's going to take place on January 19th to the 21st at Maryvale Retreat Center. Good morning to you, Devin. Good morning, Brad. Uh, Devin, it's it's so great to have you on with us. I know that you have been doing some fantastic work with men, with fathers, uh, for a long time. So let's start, start off by just having you tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so, uh, well, I'm I'm a son of God in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and that's primarily my identity. And I'm also a husband of nearly 30 years to my lovely bride, Kim. We have five daughters, and I live in the Midwest. And um, back in 2012... I founded, with another person I co-founded, the Fathers of St. Joseph, which is an apostolate that labors for the restoration, redemption, and revitalization of fatherhood in the image of God the Father by following the timeless wisdom, the ageless example, the spirituality, if you will, of St. Joseph. And so that's really my calling in life, is to live out my vocation, and out of that vocation was born this apostolate to try to help men and equip men to really live for fatherly greatness. Mm, I love it. Uh, you, and you're, in addition to to work with Fathers of St. Joseph, you, I know you do podcasts, you've written a number of books. The first time I came across you was uh, a friend of mine, actually from Aberdeen, South Dakota, had given uh, given me a book, your book, Show Us the Father. And it was just, it was phenomenal. It was a wonderful insight into fatherhood. So, like, how many books have you written, Devin? And uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about some of your, your apostolic yeah. endeavors there. Yeah, so I think I've written somewhere around 22 books, I think. Wow. I, I, it's it's <laughs> in counting, but um, yeah, I'm just a broken record, though. But I, I yeah, so I've written a lot of books, um, you know, been um, a host on plenty of radio shows and podcasts, and now um, I'm partnering up with a Catholic gentleman in mm. uh, being a host, co-host on their podcast, weekly podcast, and so... The goal here, though, is this. It's, it can never be about us. Right. You know, and I think that early on, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I, I, you know, subconsciously I made that mistake. But I think that the key here is this, is that we have a famine of true masculinity. We have a famine of fatherhood. We have a famine of spiritual leadership. And we have to do whatever we can to awaken humanity to this reality and give humanity and the Church the tools to be able to awaken men to their great mission, their summons to sacrificial responsibility. Amen to that. Yeah, I know my husband does a lot of work with human flourishing and upward mobility and, you know, being an economist and, and the stuff he's working on. In fact, he has a gentleman, I don't know if you've heard of Ian Rowe, but he talks about in uh, his book, Agency, you know, the, the lack of fatherhood. 
you know, this great pandemic that we have going on because we, you know, have a lack of commitment to marriage, a lack of commitment to fatherhood, um, and how that is the key. And this is from a secular perspective, and you're bringing it, you know, with a very deep spiritual aspect, but the our country and our world is crying for this. It's just desperately asking for this. So for you to bring this to the men of our diocese, you know, this message is so vitally important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Janine, you're spot on. I mean, if you look at any of the stats, I mean, there's a mountain of statistical data to uh, support exactly what you're saying. I mean, if you you just look at, I think it's almost 90% of youths in prison come from fatherless homes, yeah. and children from fatherless homes are 32 times more likely to run away from home and five to six times more likely to commit suicide. And when a father is absent in his role, the poverty rate for that family is almost 50%. But if you look at the other side of it, dads have twice as much influence as mom in helping their teens stave off premarital sex. And according to Columbia researchers, that if a child from a two-parent household has a strained relationship with their father, they're 68% more likely to use drugs, alcohol, get involved in premarital sex. Mm. And if the mother is the first to convert to Christianity, there's a 17% probability that the family will follow. But if the father's the first to convert to Christianity, there's a 93% probability that the family will follow. And so what we're seeing here is that that the power, God has anointed and appointed the human father with very practical power to lead, but also a spiritual power to lead, because he's called, and this is the key, not only just to be a biological dad, but he's called to be a spiritual father as an icon of God the Father. As John Paul II said, the human father's mission is to reflect and reveal God's fatherhood. This is an incredible mission, and this is the key, too, is that he doesn't do it alone. In fact, in Ephesians 5, when it says that a husband is supposed to deliver himself over for his wife, that Greek word is paradokin, and paradokin, actually, Jesus uses when he gave his disciples authority to cast out demons. It's a sharing of authority. So when a a man is a real man, and he's a real father, he shares that authority that God has given him with his wife in order to lead his family to their homeland, the fatherland, fatherland, heaven. Mm -hmm. That's the key here. And so you're right, Janine, it all comes from the marriage, but it comes from a man who sets the pace of self-giving love in that marriage. Mm. Say, Devin, what you're talking about is absolutely, it's essential, and I think it's at the heart of every every man, right? Like, we want this. Like, our our men's Mm. ministry that we're we're partnering with you for the the retreat here is made for greatness. There's that idea that every man not only was he made for greatness, ultimately, internally, we want that. We want to be great. But there's a lot of, a lot of us that just, um, we surrender. And so, you know, we, we settle for lesser greatness or we, we get scared. Or, what is it that, that you think causes men to disengage? What is it that, that causes, because the crisis that you're talking about, the breakdown of the family, the, the erosion of society, largely is the fruit of the men abdicating their roles, and uh, why, why do you think that is, that we're seeing that on such a massive scale, that men are, are abdicating their roles? Um, as, because, <laughs> I'm sorry, my, my question is just sprawling, but there are so many things going on but in my brain right now. But, I mean, the reality is, like, the, our society wants to tell us that everything is unisex, right? That men are the same as women, women are the same as men, and everyone, can, everyone 
is completely replaceable in the sense of like you can put this person in and place it and have the exact same effect. But the fact of the matter is God made a certain structure into all of creation and men have a specific role in that, right? Um, so what is it that's causing men to step back to, to yeah, not take up the banner there? That's incredible. That's a great question. And we could talk about it for hours, but if I could really try my, I mean, I'll try my best to reduce it down to two fundamental principles. Mm -hmm. Number one is because the radical feminist revolution in the late 60s, which is really the satanic plan, um, and we can go there if you want um, and talk about Kate Millett, one of the founders, is, and her, how she led her rallies. But she, at her rallies, she would pinpoint the American patriarch, the father family, that he had to be taken out if there was going to be a cultural revolution. Hmm. And so what we have here is this. Because of radical feminism and that pressure, we, we moved into a, a period of time in which church prelates, no offense towards them, I love our priests and everything, but they became ashamed of men, and they stopped calling out men, and they stopped equipping men. And, and so then men felt that, and so then men turned to the world. And so there's a both and here. It's when we don't have men leaders, our prelates, calling out men to be leaders, they feel that shame. And so then they turn to the world, and the world is saying, hey, this is how you can become a real man, and here, here you go, you've got prestige, prominence, power, pleasure, profit, and possessions, those six Ps. And the world, the devil in the flesh is saying, this is what it means to be a real man. You get these and you'll be happy. But the problem with it is, is that we turn ourselves towards that. We try to suck all of that out of that. And at the end of the day, we don't have the seventh P, the most important one, which is peace. Hmm. And that peace, and this is fundamentally where it all comes from. Why do we give in? Why do, as you said, why do we settle for less than greatness? Why do we settle less for glory? It's because we don't believe that we're God's son. We don't believe that God really is our father. We believe that God the Father is actually either against us, ignoring us, neglecting us, or we're not approved, we're not chosen, we're not delighted in. And because of that, we're like, that God thing and that God relationship, it's, it's just not worth it for me. Hmm. I'm going to turn to the world. Yeah, you know, that, boy, that's a lot of uh, insight and content to, like, break apart. But I'm going to bring it kind of simply going to my eighth grade class. You know, <laughs> I have a couple boys who, well, it was three um, until the one boy found out I knew his grandma. Then he kind of settled. But I have two <laughs> who they really don't want to be there. Um, and, and I'm trying to kind of bring a little bit of humor, but also some awareness of what you just said. I'm trying to, one, make them understand that they're a child of God, to really, really know that God created them and that He has a purpose for them. And if they can understand that they're beloved sons of God, that the girls in my class are beloved daughters of God, how that can change them in such a huge way if they truly understand that. So I asked one of the kids, I said, you know, and I'm not going to say his name, but Sam, do you, do you realize who you are? Oh, I am who I am. You know, kind of that kind of mm -hmm. thing. And there's this mentality with kids that they're self-made, that they, they can... Mm -hmm. um, but they're not recognizing their children of God. 
And like, wow. And if we have a bunch of adult men out there, you know, who have children who don't recognize they're a beloved son of God, you know, where does that take you? Yeah, that's perfect. So, Janine, that's the fundamental crisis right there. Because, and, and it's, it's very important that when we talk about God, we talk about God the Father. And because there's a massive father wound, and it's, it, and it's born from the father of lies. And we can talk about that in a minute, but this is where it all comes from. It's the father wound which causes us to distrust God the Father. Well, all right. Well, we are going to have to take a quick break, but on the other side, we're going to go deeper into this with Devin Shad. It's, it, what you're talking about is, I think, in many ways, the key to actually the 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 conversion of society is is the the recovery of fathers, the recoveries of men in their role. So, stay with us for more Real Presence Live. We'll be right back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. Uh, I remember even during that time, and and this was uh, during the beginning years of John Paul II's pontificate, and whenever I heard him on TV, because he was always in the news, especially with his travels in Eastern Europe, Poland and all, I, I would hear the things that would come out of his mouth and I would go, there's no way this person is not close closer to God than I am. Mm. Uh, you know. So I always had this sort of secret respect for uh, for John Paul II. Of course I never said this to any of my <laughs> brethren friends, you know. You wouldn't dare. No, of course not. But I I, I I I don't mean to disparage them because they taught me to love the scripture. And interestingly enough, even though they, they do not believe in the real presence of Christ in the sacrament. They had communion every Sunday, and so they really taught me to love the Lord's Supper uh, and to love the Scriptures, and so I'm really thankful to them for that. Let us run to Mary, and as her little children, cast ourselves into our arms with a perfect confidence. St. Francis de Sales. Join together with families across the local area for the Rosary, nightly here on Real Presence Radio. On Wednesday through Monday nights, tune in at 8 p.m. Central, and on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Central. Gather the whole family together and pray this powerful prayer with us. Join us for the Rosary, Wednesday through Monday at 8 p.m., and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central here on the RPR Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And boom, we're back just like that. How about that? So we are here at Real Presence Live, Brad Gray, Janine Bitson. We're having an awesome, awesome conversation with Devin Shad. We're talking about really the, the role of men in society. And this isn't scandalous. This isn't really, it, it shouldn't be provocative. The fact that God made us differently, men and women, that, that each one of us bring a unique genius, like John Paul talked about, the feminine genius. And, and really, I think 
our time is kind of unpacking now. What what does that mean to be the masculine genius, right? I mean, Devin, is that is that a, a question that you've wrestled with a little bit? Absolutely. That was the foundation of pretty much everything because the culture was just saying that men and women are the same. There is no difference. And in fact, um, you know, the culture was putting down men. And I can understand, you know, at some from some perspectives why that might be because of misogyny and things like that. Mm-hmm. However, it really drove me to dig deep. And the theology body was tremendously impactful and had huge significance in me understanding this because, like you said, John Paul II says that the human body reveals the innermost essence of the person. Mm. And so we look at the male-female bodies, and we obviously can see that we're made differently. We're made of the same stuff, quote-unquote, of body and spirit. However, the body indicates in both the male and female, that there's an ontological, that is a mode of being, that there's an ontological reality is different. And so what is this? What is this? The man, and I'm not going to get graphic here, but the man is built differently. He's built to initiate and go forth from himself physically. And when there's that union between he and his wife, there is life if she receives that. And then she gives to the world. She pours out herself to the world. She is the pinnacle, if you will, of creation, because she gives life. So man, in his innermost essence, that body reveals his spiritual reality, which is he's called to go forth from himself to set the pace of self-sacrificial love. This is what Adam was supposed to do in the garden for Eve, and he did not, because he was intimidated by the serpent, Mm -hmm. and therefore he allowed the serpent to have his way with Eve. This is what, though, the new Adam in the garden did for the bride. He said, take me, uh, take me. And he went forward and he set the pace of self-giving love, self-sacrifice, all the way to Calvary, that for the last two millennia, the bride is following that example, that pace. And so what this means for us as men is, hey, find those little ways in your life. And this, a lot of guys say, oh, it's too, too little, too simple, but this is how you build a great life. You be the one that's that's the pace of cleaning up after dinner. You be the one who, who you know, takes your wife on a date and sets that pace of self You be the one that leads your family in prayer at night and blesses your children and bless your wife and, uh, you know, whatever it is, unload the dishwasher, whatever it is. But you set that pace, and I guarantee you, you start to set that pace in those little ways, and your wife will respond and reciprocate because she feels protected and loved, secure and loved, and not only that, but the children will get in on that dance of self-giving love, and then your family begins to be a reflection of the dance of the self-giving love of the triune God. You know, it's it's fascinating what you're sharing right now, because I've got a friend that was sharing with me some time back that he was really struggling in his marriage. It, they, it felt like they were just kind of falling apart, and <clears throat> he was becoming more dis, disenchanted with his wife and didn't think that she was engaging or whatever. And and he went off on a retreat and, and had, like, the Lord was speaking to him about how he needed to pursue his wife. And he was, mm. you know, he had all this critique about, you know, how she doesn't do this. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if she just has that, like, that drive within her. I think there's just all sorts of whatever. And he, and he found that when he actually started responding to this and pursuing his wife, like, she responded quickly. Like, it, it, it drew out of her something that was right there all along. But uh, perhaps she didn't feel like she had a safe place to actually look at. Perhaps she didn't believe or have the hope to see that that was actually there. But as he started investing in her and showing, like, you're, you're precious. 
like all of a sudden she started coming alive. And kind of yeah. the wife, the, the, the marriage that he was looking for, all of a sudden just started organically happening, you know? And, and I'd yeah. like to add as a woman here, because it's not always the man's fault either. Women need to, women need to engage with their husbands and support their husbands mm-hmm. because, you know, the husband is the, the protector of the family and he's out there, you know, making a living. And, you know, I'm not saying women don't go and make a living either. I'm not saying that, but it is a teamwork. It is a, an important teamwork. And, and you talk about your friend you know maybe saying mm-hmm. not good things about his yeah, wife right. well there's women out there they pl- complain yeah. pretty good about their husbands yeah. and and there's and and it's it's not it's not fruitful to a holy marriage right. you know you know we we have to understand the gifts and talents that God has uniquely given us as men and women. And regardless if that woman is being the breadwinner of the family, there's still that role that God the Father has given each one of us, mm-hmm. right? So I'm trying to give, yeah. cut your friend some slack, Brad, yeah. because it, it takes two. I mean, you really need to right. embrace yep. the, the genius that God has given each of you in your masculinity or yeah. your femininity. It's, right, it's not a one-sided affair, right? right. Well, I, I love what both of you are saying, because sexual difference matters. Complementarity, sexual complementarity, leads to true communion. Complementarity leads to communion. So if we want to have communion in our marriages, we need to recognize this complementarity, this sexual difference between the male and the female, between the husband and wife. And I, I hear what you're really saying here is, this, okay, so your friend, Brad, mm-hmm. what happened, his wife, his wife wasn't secure in love. That's the fundamental right. need of every woman. That's the first core need, is she needs to be secure in love. She needs to know for sure that her husband loves her, and she is confident in that. And this is the key. When she is secure in love, then she gives him what he needs. His fundamental core need is respect. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of statistics and stuff show that when men are asked, would you rather be loved or respected? They're like, well, it's the same thing. We think a lot differently than women. We want to be respected, admired, honored. But here's the deal. Our wives will respect, honor us, and admire us when they are secure in our love. And there are many things that cause them to be insecure in our love. And so... She wants to be seen. She wants to be the most beautiful person in your world. She wants to be cherished and protected. She wants to be the queen. You know, St. Thomas Aquinas has this axiom, what was first in God's intention is last in his execution. And so if you look at the creation account, it's kind of like it's building, it's building, it's building, and it hits this crescendo. Man is created, but then lastly is woman. What's first in God's intention is, is last in its execution. Woman is the pinnacle because she is the life bearer, but what is man supposed to do? He's supposed to guard and protect and cherish and allow her to be secure in love. If you look at that garden account of the fall of man, why did Eve fall? Because she wasn't secure in love. Adam wasn't stepping in. He wasn't protecting her from the serpent. And then she was wondering, hmm, do I still have his love? I'll entice him. And this is what we have in our world today. Women who are not secure in love, they try to entice, manipulate, uh, create this lustful dynamic, which men, I'm sorry, are all too uh, willing to enter into. And so this is a dynamic right here. Secure in love, respect. When a man initiates that, that 
self-giving love, he makes his wife secure in love. And then when she's secure in love, she'll admire and respect him. Awesome. Devin, you're going to be taking this and unpacking all of this in this men's Made for Greatness Men's Winter Retreat coming up on January 19th through the 21st, 21st at uh, Maryvale Retreat Center in, in Valley City. That the, the retreat is going to be focused on being a spiritual leader in the home. It's, it's especially for guys that... Um, that want to know how do, how do I become a better husband, a better lover to my wife, and a truer father, a, a greater representation of the fatherhood of God? How do I bring that into my home? And how do I respond to God's call more and more generously in this respect? We have just a couple minutes left. Do you want to talk a little bit about what why, why a guy should consider coming to this retreat? Yeah, I think that all guys should come, even those guys who aren't married but are considering marriage, because mm-hmm. here's why. Fundamentally, there's four things we're going to be going through. We're going to be going through every man's greatest battle, which is for divine sonship, like Janine was talking about earlier, which is so fundamental. This is where all the power and the confidence comes from. And then we're going to talk about man's greatest mission, which is sacrificial responsibility, and it's huge. It's huge. This is what defines the real man. And then we're going to talk about how to live that out in loving woman, that in for some guys in marriage, but then also in our fatherhood. But all men are called the spiritual fatherhood. Mm-hmm. So this is where we're going to go in this retreat. It's one of the best retreats that we—it is the best retreat we give. We've gotten so many great reviews on this. It's an incredible time. And young guys, 18 and up, I really recommend they go as well. Um, and if you want a little taste just of the spirituality of St. Joseph, we have this free downloadable uh, ebook on our site called The Path at fathersofstjoseph.org, and this will just kind of whet your appetite or give you the schematics of, of the essential content. It's not the content of the retreat, but it'll give you a good foundation going in. Awesome. And I will say that we only actually have a handful or you know, five, ten slots left at the retreat here. Um, so if guys are interested in coming to this, or uh, if there are ladies out there that are like, I would love my husband to, know, to go to this, uh, you can go to fargodiocese.org slash MFG for Made for Greatness. That's the general page for Made for Greatness. There's a link there that'll take you to the winter retreat. Otherwise, MFG-winter. Um, but either way, that, that'll go. Um, Devin, this is just this is so important. I'm so grateful that you've been on with us this morning. I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing. This is going to be an absolutely phenomenal retreat. So um, thank you for taking the time to be with us this morning. You bet. Janine, Brad, thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. All right. We are going to have to uh, step away again. This clock is an, a cruel and evil tyrant. But we do have more awesome uh, Real Presence Live coming right back at you on the other side of this break.